Welcome back, everybody. And we are back with our encounter with God. I was wondering where we were there for a second. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> yep, we are alive and well. Mon, we've got our quiz. Where are we up to with our quiz? We still haven't had anyone call in for a quiz yet. And it's so weak. I mean, I think it's easy. Let me give you. Yeah, let the me first give one was easy. Clue. The second one was the second one was a bit harder. A little bit more obscure, but let me give you a third clue. Well, let me rehash them. Okay, so clue one. This is who am I? Clue mm-hmm. one was while in prison, I sent two men to Jesus to inquire if he really was the Messiah. Okay. Clue two. Because I would not eat or drink like others did, the experts in the law said I had a demon. Uh huh. And clue three, I baptized Jesus. Oh, my goodness. That's an easy one. <laughs> that's, okay. That, that's Give very cool. Easy. I think we just gave somebody a CD right there. Yeah. 1-800-FAITH-FM if you think you know the answer, or you can text us on 0491-064-669 or jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia. And also, if you just have a question or a query or something you'd like to add for our Encounter with God section, yeah. send, send those through as well. Question of the day. Yeah, question of the day. We'll and, of course, later. if you'd like to torture Lyle's. Southwell, then you can uh, support his bike ride to work <laughs> with donations uh, that go to the Aboriginal Benefits Foundation to provide counselling, therapy and art activities for Indigenous children. We're trying to raise $2,000 and actually, do you know what? Your wife told me she'd give the whole two grand if it wasn't your money. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might uh, protest she, to that one. <laughs> she wants to see me ride to work. Everybody wants to see you on the freeway riding to work, Lyle. <laughs> uh, well, stay tuned. We've got more money to raise, so give us a call we would love to hear from you and uh, see how much we can uh, get together for this good cause this morning okay so we are talking about the book of galatians mm-hmm. and i'm going to begin i think i think i might uh, no mon why don't you begin you begin colossians chapter 3 and verse 11 i know that's colossians not galatians but uh this is relative relates to what we're talking about in galatians Okay, so Colossians 3 verse 11. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave free, but Christ is all and in all. Okay, so what is it that Paul is actually trying to communicate here? I think he's saying like there's, there's not really any difference between people. Yeah, and particularly when it comes to salvation. Yeah. You know, obviously there are differences between people because, he, I mean, as in, as in cultural and, mm-hmm. um, you know, racial differences and those kind of things because we are all different. But there is unity in diversity in that we are all brought into one in Jesus Christ. Okay. And so I find this parallel passage in Galatians chapter 3, mm-hmm. uh, verse 28, where it says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Now, that's a pretty exciting passage right there, Mon. I think that, uh, are, are, you, are you a descendant of Abraham by any chance? Um, I have like to as in a literal, tree. <laughs> literal descendant of Abraham? I seriously doubt it. No Jewish blood there anyway? Not a drop. Well, well I don't could know. Be. Actually, I don't know. We couldn't figure out anything past my grandparents when we tried it. Okay. Yeah, mystery. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe there's a reason May- for yeah, that. Yeah. You're coming from Germany and all. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. I, um, I don't think I am related to Abraham at all. Are you? No idea. Okay. Yeah, my, my family history goes back a fair ways on the British side, but mm-hmm. um, other parts of the world, not so far. Okay. Yeah, anyway. But the important thing here is that there was a, a very important covenant that was given to Abraham where Abraham was made the father of God's chosen people. 
Uh-huh. And the Bible here says that if you belong to Christ, you are the true child of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So in other words, that covenant of being God's chosen people now belongs to you if you belong to Christ. Okay, how does ask a question, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's saying, you know, there's no such thing as circumcised and uncircumcised, there's no such thing as, you know, Jew and Gentile, blah, blah, blah. Why were those lines drawn to begin with? Why did people have to get circumcised if suddenly it's not that important? Why did the Jews get the promise if suddenly everyone can have it? Okay, there are a number. Of, there are uh, yeah, a number of good questions coming out of that. First of all, circumcision. Or well, first of all, let's look at why God chose a nation mm. rather than uh, you know just giving the gospel to the whole world as He did in His time. Yeah, I mean, like it just it just sounds like He's almost changed His mind. To be honest, it's like, oh yeah, let's have everything different. Oh no, do you know what? I'm going to change my mind. Let's have everything not different. Okay, so let's 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 backtrack a little bit. We go mm-hmm. back to the time of the flood. We find that when Noah and his descendants um, came from the ark, that they began somewhere there in Turkey, the mountains of Ararat. The Bible says, and they populated the world from that area. And so you had some that went to Asia, some that went to Europe, some that went to Africa. And these were the initial areas where the population of the world began from. And so what God did was that, you know, God is looking down and he's seeing that apostasy is taking place in the world. People are turning away from from the worship of him as God and worshiping other gods. And so he's like, okay, what, how am I going to solve this problem? What am I going to do here in a very practical way? So he finds Abraham, who is a righteous man who serves him. Mm-hmm. Abraham is a very wealthy man. Abraham lives in the most civilized city on the planet at that time, the city of Ur, uh, the most advanced city. I mean, this is a city that had a whole, you know, running water and sewage system for the entire metropolis. You know, way back in the wow. day, uh, it was it was there was no city like it. Sounds nice. Um, the Egyptians, who were a master civilization, weren't even close to the to the civilization of Ur um, at this era in history. And so he chooses Abraham, and he's like, okay, Abraham, I'm going to send you to um, what became known as the promised land, the land that he'd promised to give to Abraham. And when you look at it geographically, what God has done is he has placed Abraham at the crossroads of Asia, Europe, and Africa. Mm-hmm. Those three nations, those three, those three continents where the nations of the world are initially populating as they begin to spread out from there. And of course... Human beings were highly mobile in those days as they are today. We often think, oh, yeah, they sort of never went anywhere, never did anything. But no, they were actually highly mobile and there was a lot of trade. There was a lot of commerce. And so God has placed this nation right at the center of these continents to be a witness for him. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So this was a strategic move on okay. the behalf of God, um, where He has, uh, you know, found a, a, a prime location, placed a nation there. And it's like, okay, this is a nation to serve me, uh, and I will use this nation as an object lesson of what it means to serve God. Um, and so He want, His His intention was that you know when you've travelled through the nation of Israel, you go, oh wow. These people serve God. This is what it's like to serve God. This is amazing. I want to serve God as well. So it's almost like God chose this nation, the the Jews, Mm -hmm. to almost be like his 
uh, marketing or his um, advertising agency to sort of promote his message. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. They were, the, they were his evangelistic tool to evangelize the world. That was their purpose. That was their calling. And they didn't really do a good job of it. So no, essentially because they, they became getting, exclusive. They're getting fired now. That's what you're saying. Like when the lines yeah, are being taken back and there's <laughs> Jew and Gentile, everyone can be this marketing. They're all kind of getting the sack. God is using a new system. Oh, okay. And the world has changed dramatically. And and just it's not because God changes minds because they didn't the, the people didn't do their job. The people didn't do their job and the world has changed. So there's two okay. circumstances that have taken place here. Number one, the people became exclusive. They're like, no, we're not going to touch Gentiles. We're not going to talk to Gentiles. We're not going to eat with Gentiles. We're not going to go into a Gentile house. And so it almost became impossible to become a Jewish proselyte. They made it so incredibly hard. And uh, in an effort to maintain their purity, because they had lost their purity so many times in the past, they went from one extreme to the other. Went from you know idolatry, which sent sent them into Babylonian captivity, to after that, well, we're never going to go back into idolatry again. So how can we make enough rules so that we never go back there again? And you end up with you know six hundred, a thousand rules or whatever as to how you uh, stay away from idolatry. So they were they were a privileged people, but instead of using their privilege to to influence people for good, they were now using their privilege to alienate people away from them. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, very much so. So they got it really wrong. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and God's like, okay, forget this, let's start out. The other thing that has, has changed is the world is much bigger place. Mm-hmm. So initially, yes, this was the crossroads of the world, uh, and it still is, you know, always has been the crossroads of the world, or a major crossroads. Um, and because of that, you know, Israel is the most fought over piece of real estate on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell that God obviously he knew what he was doing when he, when he placed his people there. But the world is a much bigger place and God wants the message to go to the whole world. So how do you get the message to the whole world? Well, you need more than just the nation of Israel. You now need God's people to be spread throughout the entire planet. And Amen. so a new system comes in, which is called the Christian church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool bananas. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself, I don't, you know, if it had still been left to the Jewish nation, I don't think I ever would have become a Christian because I don't think I've ever met. Yes, you have. Have I? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Who? Uh, we have uh, we have a Jewish person um, who attends our church at Maitland, and you ha- who you have met. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought yeah. you were about to say something about a spiritual Jew, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, in fact, if I stopped and thought about, it, I could probably point out a few other Jewish people. Even Jewish people are not that uncommon. We have uh, significant um, populations of Jewish people here in Australia. Okay. For some reason, I always think they're in New, New York. Yeah, well, the media kind of <laughs> presents it that way, but uh, all Los Angeles. Um, and there are a lot of Jewish people living in the United States. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're very much a lot of people, a lot of Jewish people over there. But, uh, well, you've met Doug Batchelor, haven't you? I have. He's Jewish. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's lovely. Yeah, yeah, top guy. Okay, so what, where were we up to? Okay, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there is neither slave nor... Male nor female, I'll uh-huh. get this right here in a yeah. minute. We are all one in Christ. And this is a major theme that Paul um, talks about. And by the way, mm. this can be a controversial subject. Oh, really? Yes. Um, and people can get... So So if you've got some thoughts on it, we would love you to give us a call. Our number is 1-800-324-843. Um, or you can text us on 0491-064-669 and we'll make it the question of the day. Mm-hmm. And the controversy comes in this way. You can send it to through to our Facebook as well. Here's, here's where the controversy comes in. Are the Jewish people still God's chosen people or has the Christian church replaced them? 
So you've got this conflict between what's called restoration theology and replacement theology. Okay, say that again. Restoration theology versus replacement theology. You're going to have to repeat and enlarge that for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there are some Christians who would say that the Christian church has replaced the Jews as being God's chosen people and all the promises that belong to the Jewish people now belong to the Christian church. Mm-hmm. You have others who say, no, the Jewish people, uh, simply because of their DNA, will always be God's chosen people and always receive God's blessing, and the Christian church has an, is an addition to that. Okay. I, f- I feel like reading those verses, it's pretty obvious. So why are there people of different theologies here? Yeah, well, the, this is a, a, a long story that would, <clears throat> if you want to go, me go to the history of that particular debate, that'll take you back to... Uh, a Jesuit by the name of Francisco Ribera, who published a thesis um, in 1592. Mm-hmm. And you can trace it through th- from there. And that's pretty much your origin of your um, restoration theology. Okay. so And so it was pretty much replacement theology up until then, and then the, the Jesuit comes in and, um, and pretty much came up with... Um, Restoration theology. That's a, the very shortened version of a lot of history. So it's not just, it, I mean, for the first thing I thought was like, I guess the Jews want to be and stay that privileged nation. So maybe they would like to keep thinking that it's not being, you know. It's not so much something that has been perpetrated by Jewish people, yeah. but rather by Christian people. Okay, okay. Which I find interesting because, you know, some of the strongest moves to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem are by Christian people, not Jewish people. Certainly there are Jewish people who want to rebuild it. Mm -hmm. But that sort of does my head in because I'm thinking, well, you know, God um, had that temple destroyed in 70 AD because the Jewish people at that time who had not become Christians were still sacrificing lambs there. Okay. And Jesus had fulfilled the sacrifice of the lamb. And so it's like, this is this is blasphemy. And something, well, why would a Christian person want to see that rebuilt? Maybe you're a Christian person who would like to see it rebuilt and you'd like to give us a call and mm. enlighten us on this subject. I find it a little bit confusing myself. Mm-hmm. Well, stay right with us. We'll be right back after this song, which is Malvina's Shall We Gather at the River?
welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Australia. Wow, I just realised I do know a Jewish person. One of my favourite authors, Clifford Goldstein. Yes, we give some of his uh, books, books away. away. We yeah, do, he's yeah. great. Oh, I'm so excited to realise I do know one. Um, okay, so we've got it. We, I, I have something exciting. Oh yes. yes, we just had a we'd have another donation that came through. Ah, Somebody is yes. donating another hundred dollars to see me ride to work. <laughs> so oh, I'm um, so excited. Thank you so much to Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, you legend, you. Thank you so much. We are now, what is it, $190 in, so... We're getting there. Left. We're getting there. It's only day two. I'm still, still right. kind of safe at the moment. I think I might get away with it. No, no. It's going to happen, Lyle. It's going to happen. <laughs> you should start like exercising, warming up, stretching your legs. You should do yeah. some practice runs, actually, maybe like around the block or something. Yeah, maybe. We'll yeah, see how we Yeah, you get fit for this. Deary me, what have I gotten myself into? Oh, no, mm-hmm. what have you all dumped me into? <laughs> anyway... Thank you so much, Aaron. We do appreciate uh, your donation to a very worthy cause. Okay, we were talking about uh, Jews and Gentiles and the division between the two, and Paul was trying so hard and worked so hard for so long, and so much of his ministry was dedicated to breaking down this wall of petition, he called it, mm-hmm. uh, between the two. Okay. And, uh, you know, as particularly as being a missionary to the Gentiles, this was probably his main challenge that he had to face. Mm-hmm. Whereas those who were missionaries to the Jews didn't have such a massive challenge to deal with here. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, part of the challenge was the fact that there was so much contention between the Jews and the Gentiles that ministering and being a missionary to the Gentiles meant you had to, you know, sort of backpedal on generations of hatred, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That would, been, that would have been quite prejudiced, I think, yeah. There you go. Oh, my mum just texted me. She just told me, and I can't believe I forgot this, our family doctor from when I was a child, Dr. Mendelssohn, was a Jew. Well, there you go. The, name the most there. loveliest doctor I've ever known. <laughs> I had no idea all these Jews. Oh, oh, I love Jews. There you go. That's fantastic. And it's good to have some interaction from our listeners. Good to and, know my uh, mum's listening. Yeah, Hi, Mom. down in Tasmania. <laughs> good to know. Good. Welcome to all of our listeners down there in the promised land. Oh, come on now. Yes, of course. It's the most <laughs> wonderful place in the world. All right, so let's go to Romans chapter 11. And for those who might be having questions on this subject, this is the part of the Bible you need to study. It will answer all of your questions. Romans 9, 10, and 11 is all about the subject of literal Israel versus spiritual Israel and who it is that actually has the blessings and the promises that the Bible gives to the nation of Israel. Is it literal Israel that has them or is it spiritual Israel that has them or is it both that has them? How does this all work? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we go to Romans chapter 11, and I'm going to start in verse... Uh, just give us a, a little bit of context here. So I'll start in verse 13. Okay. Uh, where is it? I am saying all of this, especially for you Gentiles, God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this. So he's stressing the fact that God has appointed him as apostle to the Gentiles. And here he says, look, I'm speaking to you who are Gentiles. Go down to verse 15. For since their rejection, he's speaking about um, the Jewish people as God's chosen people, Mm -hmm. meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful if it will be life. It will be life for those who were dead. Now, did Paul just confuse you there? I'm totally confused. I'm still like (laughs) looking at it going, wait, what? (laughs) Okay, so let me me simplify this for you um, very easily. What Paul says is, okay, since their rejection, because they have rejected Christ, they are no longer under salvation. Mm -hmm. 
He says, he goes on and he says, uh, for since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest. So, so salvation has now gone to the rest of the world. So now uh, that's why we are here today because we are Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Their acceptance will be even more wonderful. And so for a, a, a Jewish person, their acceptance into Christ is even more wonderful because they are the ones who originally had these promises. Mm-hmm. And it's so much more special to them because they are you know, the literal descendants of, um, of Abraham. He continues on here uh, in verse 17. But some of those branches, and here he talks about the olive tree. Mm-hmm. And he uses the olive tree as an illustration. So the olive tree is God's nation of Israel. God's chosen people, the nation of Israel. But as some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off. And so we can think of you know, Annas and Caiaphas and people like this who, who crucified Jesus and Jesus said, look, I'm going, you know, going to raise you from the dead to see me come in the, in, in the clouds and the power, in, in great power in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so these are people who were clearly broken off yeah. um, and no longer under the promises. Uh, Some of the people of Israel have been broken off, and you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they've been broken off. We get grafted in um, and replace those those ones that were broken off. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children. So Ah, there we go. The same blessings, the same promises. uh Whenever you read it in the Bible, all of these amazing promises to the nation of Israel, the Bible says, now apply to every person who gives their life to Jesus Christ. And this is where the the phrase spiritual Jew comes in, I'm guessing? Spiritual Israel. Because I'm not born a Jew. No, me neither. But I'm like a spiritual Jew. Spiritual Israel. I can have the same blessings that was originally given to them. Absolutely. Through my faith in Christ. Yeah. Did you know in the book of James, the Bible says that spiritual Israel also has 12 tribes? Really? Yes. What? How? Yes. James chapter 1, verse 1. James writes to the Christian church, and he writes in an era in which there were only two tribes, the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. That's it. Oh. And that had been in existence for hundreds of years since the ten northern tribes had disappeared into Assyrian captivity. And they were, they were gone. They were lost. No one, no one knew where they were or what had happened to them. They just had blended into the surrounding nations. And so in the time of Jesus, there was only two tribes. In the time of the Christian church, there's only two. But James writes to the Christian church and addresses his letter to the twelve tribes who are scattered abroad. Wow. Well, before we go to our next song break, I'm just going to read out one more clue for our quiz. I am the son of Zachariah and Elizabeth. Who baptized Jesus? Come on, people. I know you know this. 1-800-FAITH-FM will give you a free CD. We'll be right back after this song. All sons and daughters, we are waiting. 1-800-FAITH-FM if you think you know the answer to our quiz. I am the son of Zachariah and Elizabeth.
You are listening to All Sons and Daughters. We are waiting here on Faith FM. If what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to Faith FM. You're with Neil Thompson, and we're talking about love matters. Yesterday, we're talking about, you know, should I expect my spouse to change first or not? One of the things that that we said is like, look for that quality time that you can actually get together with your partner. Pick a time where you can actually talk because one thing that that can actually take place in a relationship is you can get bent out of shape if you start to keep score or if you are always the one changing and trying to bridge build and make the relationship better and your partner's not doing any of the work. You can get bent out of shape. So I said that one of the things that is really helpful in that space is just to go to your partner and say, hey, Let's let's talk about our relationship because I'm beginning to feel a little bent out of shape because it feels like a little unfair. It feels like I'm doing all the work here and I just wonder what it is that we can do to, to actually change that. And I said, if your partner's up for it, then that's a really honest conversation and that's a conversation that, that would actually be really helpful and healthy to have. However, if your partner is not open for those kind of conversations, then what are the, what are the things that you can do to address it? Um, at the end of the day, your relationship is, is the way it is because that's how you set it up. So if it's a quality relationship, it's because the two of you want a quality relationship. If it's a less than quality relationship, it's because of the way you behave right now is giving you that kind of relationship. So if it's a one-sided relationship, it's because of your behavior is driving and dictating that it's one-sided. So I know this is kind of brutal, but there's something about you that needs to change in order for this to become not just a one-sided, it needs to become a both-sided affair. needs to become that you both work on this together. We call this boundaries in relationships. There's some great books that um, that go through that in terms of establishing healthy boundaries in relationship that go into, you know, what is it that creates quality relationship and how can you ensure that it's not always one-sided? This is what it is. It, it's actually boundaries. Now, to go through and illustrate and, and to unpack all of that, it's beyond the limits of of what we can do here in our short time we have together. All I can do is just point you in the direction of that. And what does quality boundaries look like? So, for instance, if you're getting bent out of shape because your partner is always running late for coming to catching up with you and you find yourself waiting for extended periods of time, what what a healthy boundary would look like is would say, look, 
honey, um, we're going to meet at one o'clock tomorrow for lunch. I'm going to be there. I'm going to meet you then. And I look forward to meeting you then actually at one o'clock. And um, if you're not there though, just know that I'm just going to go ahead and book and order my lunch and go ahead anyway. That's a boundary. And you're setting it up. You're being really clear that you want to have lunch together. You're looking forward to having lunch together. But if they're not going to be there, then there's consequence. And the consequence is you're just going to go ahead and have lunch anyway because you can't be late getting back to your workspace or whatever it is. So you set that boundary up. And then what happens is if they turn up late and it's one o'clock and they're not there, just go ahead and order and and have your meal. And if they turn up late, just say, and you've got to go back to work, then at that point, just go back to work. There'll be consequences of that. Your partner will begin to feel the consequences of that. But what you're helping to set up is you're helping to set up in a, um, a healthy boundary that will conspire for your relationship success. Well, you're with Neil on Love Matters on Faith FM and stick around. We've got so much more coming up here on Faith FM. I have lost my appetite And the flood is welling up behind my eyes So I eat the tears I cry And if that were not enough They know just the words to cut and tear and prod When they ask me where's your God Why are you down? Cast, oh my soul Why so disturbed within me I can remember when you Showed your face to me As a deer pants for water So my soul thirsts for you And when I behold your glory so faithfully renewed like a bed of rest for my fainting flesh I am satisfied in you when I'm staring at the ground it's an inbred feedback loop That brings me down So it's time to lift my brow And remember better days When I love to worship you In all your ways With the sweetest songs of praise Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your grace to me As a deer pants for water, so my soul Surveil your splendor, you so faithfully. Re-
The Sing Team here on Faith FM 87.6, 8718 and 88 right across Australia. Mon, we have more of the quiz. We have question of the day. What are we going to do first? Oh, let's do the quiz first. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so we're literally your down. your last chance to win a prize and this one should be really easy. This is a multi-choice question. So mm-hmm. basically one of these three options is the correct answer. I'm going to quickly run you through them all again, all the quick clues. While in prison, I sent two men to Jesus to inquire if he really was the Messiah. Because I would not eat or drink like others did, the experts in the law said I had a demon. I am the son of Zachariah and Elizabeth, and I baptized Jesus. Now, which of these three people is the correct answer for this Who Am I quiz? Is it Timothy, John the Baptist, or Mark? And if you think you know the answer, you can call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM or text 0491-064-669. Jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia, and we will send you a free CD. There you go. So give us a call. You know the numbers. And uh, there is something coming your way, something very, very special. Okay, so we have a question of the day that has come in. This one's an interesting one. And it's from Matthew chapter 24. Monica, why don't you find for us Matthew 24 Uh and read us verse 40 to 42. And then it says, many Christians believe in a secret rapture. Does this verse not support that understanding? 
Okay, so verse 40. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Okay, so you might be sitting there thinking, what on earth is Lyle talking about when he talks about the secret rapture? Or you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, no, we know all about that. I don't know. But let's have a little bit of background, of course, to what the word rapture means means. Mm. The word rapture is not a word that we use here in the English language. It's a word that simply means to be taken up. Oh, okay. And so the word the, the concept of the secret rapture is a secret event of people being taken up. Oh. And so those who believe in the secret rapture believe that uh, when Jesus returns to this earth, rather than appearing in power and great glory, that his presence will come near the earth, that his presence will be invisible that his presence will be silent and that he simply won't be seen and that the righteous will simply be taken up. And so it could happen at any time. It could happen in the next five minutes. It could happen in the next five hours. It could happen in the next five days, the next 50 years. Who knows? But it could be a situation where, um, I don't know, we could be driving down the road, Mon, and uh, suddenly you're taken up and I'm still there. That would be pretty tragic, wouldn't it? Especially if I was the one that was driving. Okay, and so people who believe in the secret rapture also believe that this event will um, coincide with chaos across the world as large portions of the world just vanish into thin air. And so everyone else is just still here to continue life until just trying to figure out where everybody forever? went. No. Um, it generally goes with a seven-year tribulation uh-huh. um, that will continue after that, during which you've got the reign of the Antichrist and at the end of which Christ returns with power and great glory. And so really what it does is it splits the second coming of Christ into two segments. However, my question is this. The question is, do these verses support the secret rapture? Good. It does kind of sound like it. My question is this. Is there anything here that says that it will be silent? No. Is there anything here that says that it will be invisible? No. No, it doesn't say that. It simply says that two people could be side by side when Jesus returns. One is taken and the other is left. And in the book of Luke, you have the same passage and it says where. And Jesus says that they will be left dead on the earth. Oh, well, stay tuned right after this song. We'll be back with our free gift. You up with him, the 
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Australia on this lovely Friday. I'm so excited about the weekend, Lyle. I'm so excited that we're about to knock off and just let our mushy brains be at rest. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain hasn't been mushy this morning. Oh, don't mine's say that. Fi- mine's been mushy, but yours has been just fine. No, I've been, I've been a bit mushy around the edges, I have to admit. But we are at my favourite segment, which is the time when we give away free yes, stuff. Yes, free stuff coming free up. free stuff. We've got a movie today. We do actually have a good flick. It's called The Case for Christ. Um, I didn't realise this was awesome our DVD movie. already. This is, no, this is an awesome movie. I watched it on DVD. I remember seeing in a um, in a Bible bookshop, uh, sitting there in the cafe, and saw the poster for this, and I was so excited they'd made this book into a movie. It's the book by um, Lee Strobel. Yes, the one where he's a journalist and he decides. Do you know what? I'm so just, it's a true story. It is absolutely he's an investigative true story. journalist. Yeah. And his wife becomes a Christian. And, uh-huh. and he decides, you know what, I'm going to investigate this whole Jesus thing from back to front and just prove it wrong completely. And guess what happened? <laughs> <laughs> he gave his life to God. It completely transformed his life. Absolutely. And, Wrote an amazing uh, book, Case for Christ. Which just goes to show, if you've never experienced Christ in your life, you don't know what you're missing out on. Mm. And unless you actually try it, you're never going to find out. It's as simple as that. And so if you're somebody who has has never experienced Christ, then give your life to Jesus today and just see what it's all about. They made the book into a movie and it stars Michael Vogel, who's from The Help and also has um, Academy Award winner Faye Dunaway and Academy Award nominee Robert Foster and Erica Christensen. So, so it's yeah, it's a really good lineup. Oh quality film and we are giving it away for free all you need to do is get in touch with us 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669 jump on our Facebook Faith FM Australia or our website faithfm.com.au and of course if you'd like to donate to our charity this month to uh, try and make me uh, ride into work then uh, you can do that there on those numbers as well very excited about that part watching you cycle you 31 are way kilometers. more excited than I am but <laughs> Hey, I'm getting there. I'm going to. I'm going to do this. It's going to happen. I kind of hope it's gonna be like raining, windy, really hard that day, just to make it yeah, even more dramatic. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's not. Let's not think about that. If you'd like to sponsor Lyle, do give us a call, and uh, and we will put that in the pot. We're trying to reach two thousand dollars, and uh, as soon as we do, Lyle will be on his bike. And of course, if you've got questions and you'd like to send a question in for the day, just give us a call or text or Facebook message. And we will put your question in for question of the day right here on Faith FM. And if you would like to study the Bible for yourself, then you know how to get in contact with us, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 and we will make sure that you get to study the Bible either with someone or with a small group or by correspondence or online or one of many other ways. Lyle, I hope you have a great weekend and a happy Sabbath. And stay programmed for more great music coming up right after this.